Hey friends, welcome to the BoxCast Podcast, and I'm so excited for what's going to happen today, so let's dive right in. Hey, wait now, hold on a second. I, Gary, I'm pretty sure that's my thing. Sorry, Rylan. <laughs> Let, let's dive right into this. All right, friends, well, another episode of the BoxCast Podcast. I'm here with Rylan Russell, the man, the myth, the legend, this guy, if you've not watched this content, if you've not seen a single video or seen a single tutorial, I encourage you to please go check out his channel, Rylan Russell on YouTube.com. Rylan, thank you so much for being on here today. I am just uh, like ecstatic beyond belief to actually get to talk and sit down with you. Um, I have seen you throughout many different podcasts and many different avenues and places so i mean you're like your 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 notoriety is growing to superstar status how does it feel oh well gary you are the biggest encourager i've ever met there's a guy on my staff here his, his name's Noah, and he's we call him the biscuit butterer because he what? that's what he does it's just his like his spiritual gifting is just making people feel good about themselves and you my friend if if getting to have the, me on this podcast is one of the highlights of your day uh, truly and honestly, I, I am honored to get to do that. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, it's crazy what God's doing with my channel and just connecting with different people and people like you and guys all around the world that we're all just doing the same thing, really, in just whatever local body that God's placed us in. And it's cool just getting to sharpen each other and figure out how to do this, all, all these great things for God's glory. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, been on doing the YouTube thing for a couple of years now and happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, just so everybody knows, Rylan is an up and coming podcast uh, YouTuber, like tutorial maker, like he's got a really awesome uh, Sunday's vlog that he does on his channel. And I, I love the Sunday's vlog. It's really visceral. I think it has some really amazing content that comes out of it, but also it just shows the heart and mind behind ministry and what media and tech is and and the struggles that we face. And I love that you do that, Ryan. So I'm, I'm thank Keep doing those, man. Keep doing that's those. That's cool. For sure. Which one is your favorite so far? What, which one do you like the most? Am I too old to be a worship leader? <laughs> that's those are the favorite. kinds of questions that I'm kind of like posing as we go throughout the morning, you know, and just little thoughts like that, that I'll have over the weekend. I'm like, okay, well, let's just have a little conversation about this. So Absolutely. yeah, cause I'm a geriatric millennial. I didn't know that, but I am. <laughs> And Wait, it's a okay. little scary. Time out. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 39. Oh, see, I just turned 37 last November, so I'm right there with you then. I've got to be a ger geriatric millennial. <laughs> I don't love be. that terminology, but I guess we just need to embrace it and keep going. I, that's really the only thing we can do at this point. <laughs> we can't go back in time, and if the Lord ever right. allows us to do that, whew, there's going to be some trouble. But but Ryland, <laughs> you, you are definitely coming up, man. I mean, I think in the last year— um, you have grown at least five times on your channel subscriptions. You're over 8,000 subscribers, which is no measly feat. You have over 177 videos. I remember watching the video that you were just ecstatic at the fact that you got over 60, um, <clears throat> which is an, an amazing feat. Like you're pumping out videos, what, at least once a week, right? That's got to be the, the cadence right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm full-time at my church as a worship and media arts pastor. I've been here 13 years now. So that's my full-time gig. And then I also have kind of like a videography side hustle business that I've been doing for years and years. Still doing that a little bit, but now I've been leaning more into this whole YouTube rhythm and, and posting. And yeah, at first I was doing three videos a week. Um, and so now it's definitely tamed back to more of a 
manageable pace, hopefully. <laughs> so kind of my channel is around three different areas. One would just be like tech tips and things I'm learning as I document my journey of being a worship and media arts pastor. That's probably the main part. And then the second would be like our Sunday vlogs where I just kind of keep it real and we just talk about spiritual you know, conversations and what it's like to be a worship and media arts pastor in a local church. And then the third one is I do live stream reviews so people can submit their live stream of their churches and then I'll just review them for, I mean, we usually go for a couple hours, uh, maybe once a month on Fridays. So that's kind of what you can find on my channel. And it's fun. It keeps it varied and, you know, get to touch on a lot of different subjects. So, yeah, I've, I've watched those and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to submit mine quite honestly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just waiting for the day I get Rick rolled because I don't ever uh, preview the YouTube links. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and no. So that's where I need like a video producer to be like, you know, scanning these links before I click into them. <laughs> but... A little pre-screen. Yeah, you right. totally need to pre-screen those, dude. Yeah, this is, that's not going to be a good idea in the future. But I, yeah. I do enjoy it. Like I, I have sat down, I've watched the, the two that you've done so far, and I've, I really do enjoy the critiquing and and at least the feedback that you've got is all solid feedback. I mean, <clears throat> the difficulty that I find with a lot of churches now and in the live streaming world is the simple fact that a lot of us don't have that multi-camera or that roaming camera or, you know, that GVM um, floating bar, you know, that goes across the scrolling yeah. bar. Uh, I've seen churches who have you know, done into the rigging and gone that far direction. But like you, you take it from all facets. And I think that's the most like, in my opinion, it's the most realistic most um visceral way of doing it uh yeah. and and you don't and you don't like you're not doing it harshly you're not doing it with like so much critique that you're kind of like squashing the man right you're but you do it in a loving sense like hey this is what i would do to clean this up a little bit and i think that that is that's perfect because there's there's a lot of critics out there there's a lot of critics out absolutely there. Yeah, yeah and i think that something that uh Jimmy over at Hey Worship Leader told me one time is that one of their core values is not just excellence, but it's the pursuit of excellence. Yeah. And I think everybody's at a different point in the journey. And I remember when I first started live streaming probably 16 years ago on Ustream.tv, I believe it was, you know, yep. we were just sit a little camcorder up in the balcony and just let it roll. And that's where we kind of started. And, you know, then iPhones came along and just technology became more accessible maybe to churches. So I think what I've done that I think people are kind of resonating with is my church is not a very large church. We run about 450 people on a Sunday morning. I don't have this exorbitant budget to work with. And so as I've gone and done these tech tours at big churches or just, you know, scoured the internet for how people are achieving yeah. these amazing, more cinematic looking uh, live streams, uh, I've tried to kind of like figure out how we can accomplish that with only a couple camera operators and not a, a huge budget and and get as close as we can uh, applying the same principles and, you know, just trying to make it a little bit better every month as we yeah. go. So I think that's the pursuit that we're all on. Yeah. Well, it's like my dad who who always would talk about giving reviews or giving feedback to companies. You never give them five stars because there's always room for improvement. And and that I, I feel just that same same way, man, with with anything media related within the church. I feel the same way. Like we can always improve. There's always ways to do things a little bit better. There's always ways to do things easier. 
Like, and, and like you said, technology is advancing so far so fast. But, you know, I, I do want to talk about a contrast with you, though, because, I mean, I know that some of the things that you're into, such as like your favorite movies, like Nacho Libre, for example, is a fantastic movie. I won't give I won't knock you on that. But like one of them is also Shawshank Redemption. Like what's going on, dude? There's like a huge contrast there. Is, is that like the name of the game for the for the Russell household? Like, how does that work? I think I, I, think I had Shawshank like maybe it was one of my first VHS tapes or something back in the day. <laughs> But they're both like these amazing stories of redemption, right? Right. Nacho Libre, Shawshank Redemption. Like, so maybe that's the tie together. I don't know. Uh, Nacho Libre is just probably one of the most quotable movies, in my opinion. And uh, it is. So, <laughs> it is. Monty uh, Python as well, right? Oh, gosh. I grew up on Monty Python. That's one of those movies that as a child, you're like, this is dumb. And then after you watch it five <laughs> times, you're like, this is amazing. This, this is, is great, great. humor. It's so. like Napoleon Dynamite back in like 2004 or whatever, Absolutely. right? Or, that, yeah, was, my kids, that was the highlight. They don't appreciate it. Dumb and dumber. They, they're like, this is stupid. No. But then you watch it three times and, you know, you're saying the quotes in your sleep. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and then you have somebody like my wife who just takes every movie line and memorizes it just for the fun of it. And so she will play movie lines out in every scenario of every conversation. And so it, I, I love her for it. It's great. It's amazing. That's so. Funny. But I know a lot of a lot more things about you, man. Like I know you're a freelance uh, videographer and photographer and drone pilot, and you do ads for for companies in your local area. I mm -hmm. I know that you're a gear enthusiast, and I can tell that just by your YouTube channel, from the yeah. various amounts of copious gear that you've accumulated and reviewed and either gotten from somebody or sold or bought from somebody else. Like, yeah, I mean, it's astounding. Um, I think one of my favorite gear videos from you is definitely the in-ear monitor um, mm. headphone set video. The only reason is because you've highlighted three out of the five that I have and I've used and I'm, sh and I, I love everything you've said about them because it's they're spot on. So that's my yeah. favorite video. So oh, what gosh, goes yeah. into that being a gear enthusiast? Like there's, I mean, outside of cash, obviously, but Sure. Well, yeah. Uh, gear acquisition syndrome is a real problem for some people. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it just goes back to, I, I was a full-time media director before I stepped into this role doing worship as well. I was traveling with my band outside of that. And that's whenever I started trying to dive more into the tech side of things and understand how they technology really is just a tool to be used. Mm -hmm. And one of my catchphrases that we're going to have written in the sound booth soon is use the tools. Don't be a tool uh, because <laughs> as media guys, we can, we can go into that territory a little too easily, but that's what it is. It's just tools. And so I'm constantly just like uh, watching videos or trying new things and just trying to do it the most cost effective way as well. Because like right. I said, we don't have a huge budget, I mean, my annual budget for all things music and media, I'm talking domain names, buying Ethernet cables, anything and everything is $22,000. So, you know, that's not this exorbitant amount of money. So we offset that here at the church by selling gear uh, that yeah. we're not using anymore to replenish and a designated fund to be able to put towards things. Um, and it can be a dangerous thing though, always searching for the bigger and better thing. And that's not the goal. It's just, can we be more effective? Can we save time? Can we make that more an automated process or something like that? So, but I've also got worship services to plan. 
uh, people to pastor and, you know, all of the other things that come along with being just in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. Not to mention I have three children and a wife that I'm trying to be a good, you know, father and husband to. So, right. uh, yeah, technology's fun, but uh, it's probably just that one thing that when you, you got time, you're you're fiddling with it or searching and watching YouTube videos about it. So Right, or searching Amazon or looking up eBay or Craigslist right. reviews to try to get it. Right, I get it. So that leads me into the uh, to that obvious question, right? I mean, you're coming into a better pace with your videos um, and what you're creating in your content and how and what you're creating is getting more sophisticated and definitely from your first video to the video that you just uploaded a few days ago, definitely the quality is, you know, increased tenfold. But you speak to about having a family and church ministries and pastoring and being a shepherd. How is that like? How do you do all of that? Like, I mean, obviously, Google Calendar's got to be your friend at this point, right? Because like, <laughs> it, it seems like you do a whole lot with just a whole little time, and it and it, that's a challenge for a lot of people. So, how do you do that, Rylan? I uh, I don't do it very well, honestly, Gary. <laughs> Uh, I can I can improve in this area greatly. Just ask my family. But uh, I think when we started, when I started this YouTube thing, I started it because um, I realized not o- there was two opportunities. One opportunity to to help the global church and have a greater impact than I can have just here in my local body where God's placed me, but also to help supplement income for my family. And so this all came to fruition because I'd posted a couple videos back in the day before COVID hit on our church channel that was just like walking through our our setup because people were emailing me or Facebook messaging me like, hey, can you tell me more about how to do that? And I thought, I'll just make a video. Well, one of those videos, you know, during the pandemic got like 120,000 views. And I'm like, whoa, okay, so maybe there is opportunity here. But when I decided to go ahead and venture out and do this, I just had that conversation with my wife of like, hey, this is kind of going to be my rhythm and schedule. I'm off on Fridays. And so on our calendars, I have certain Fridays blocked out for certain things, whether that's YouTube uploading, Mm. recording, doing these podcasts, or maybe a fun Friday where it's like I'm going to play golf with my guys because you still need guy time. And then maybe another Friday is like, we're hanging out together. It's just us because we're both in ministry together. She's full time at the church here now, too. So that's another added layer. Um, And so Google Calendar, I don't do. Actually, it's all iCal for me, but uh, iCal and um, Wonderlist. But everything is very scheduled out. Um, We've talked a lot about that as as a staff of like the Carrie Newhoff idea of like, using your time like when you're at your best do the things mm-hmm. that you need to be creative in and so um, whether that's you know for me i'm a morning person whenever it comes to like my big ideas and thinking stuff or i'm very late at night but post lunch schedule the meetings or something like that where i don't have to be creative or do right. things like this where i'm using my brain to think about what i'm saying so yeah right. i mean you just got to be organized and have good communication with your your family and all, the other layer of that is I'm trying to always have conversation with my pastor about this as well, because I'm sitting here in my church office. And so, you know, as I'm documenting the journey of being a worship and media arts pastor, you know, I have to balance that a little bit as well with like, okay, I just spent an hour doing this for my YouTube channel, but I'm kind of on church time, but I'm salary and I'm working way too many hours as it is. So that's not a concern. And the support that I have from my pastor is amazing. They, one of our goals is that we want to all be leaders in our own ministry areas. And so that way it only makes our church better when we are better, 
me making these YouTube videos forces me to have to learn how to do things. So I'm a better worship pastor and media arts yeah. pastor because of it. Yeah, it serves, a, it serves a dual purpose. But yeah, I remember doing that when I was full-time ministry as well. It, you know, there's there's an aspect to having to not only manage your time as a father and a husband and, you know, a creative leader, but as a pastor, you know, getting, getting the buy-in for learning and development to continue that piece as well while you're still ministering and still while you're still pastoring out. I completely yeah. see that. I mean, if I, was, if I was doing things the same way that I did them 13 years ago when I came here, I probably wouldn't have a job anymore. You know, I'm 39. We're getting up in that that area of like, I might be getting too old to be a worship pastor, right? But I'm constantly trying to not reinvent myself necessarily, but, um, you know, just improving. Always, always be thinking, how can I make things better? How can I make myself better? Become right. a better leader, a better pastor, a better singer, whatever it is. Right, exactly. But, and and that's kind of the, I mean, we're, we're all called to do that scripturally. We're called to be, you know, self-evaluating and continuously monitoring ourselves to the point where we're, we're able to effectively become better at what we do. And then for those people who are called to be teachers, I mean, you're, you're not called to be a sloth in that. You're not called to be lazy or sluggish in it. You're called to continuously improve yourself by continually learning and continually being better, you know, learning from your mistakes. And so I love, I love that concept, that mind thing. And I think we all can benefit from what you said is like, we can all benefit from being just a little bit better at being the dad or the mom or, you know, the son or the, the pastor, like we can all benefit from that. Uh, me as well. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. My, 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 my kids are not going to care if my channel grows to a hundred thousand and they'll think it's cool. Yeah. But right. The more important things that they're going to remember is if I'm at my daughter's spaghetti fundraiser tonight where she's singing, you know, yeah, absolutely. instead of, you know, building my own brand or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's really where it's at, man. I mean, you know, leaving not only a legacy of as being a dad, but the things that you did as a dad or the things that you're supposed to do as a mom or as that you're supposed to do as a pastor, I totally am with you on. Yeah. And that's a struggle yeah, for a lot of the us. The hard part though, for me, and this may be sidebarring too much, is that the other weight that I feel as a, as a father and as a provider, as a husband, when you work at a church, I don't want to be a burden to my church, kind of like Paul talks about a lot mm -hmm. uh, when he went on his journeys and stuff. He didn't want to be a burden to the churches, but they still helped him out and provided. I don't want to be a burden to my church and feel like they need to like continuously pay me more and more and more. But I also right. do want to be able to leave a legacy for my kids and for my kids to be able to go to, go to college and different things. So I don't think there's anything wrong with with pursuing, uh, you know, a business like this that I'm doing. I mean, I, I love helping the church community, but at the cost of my family, no, that's not going right. to happen. So exactly. It's, it's that balance. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that. Well, let's, let's switch a little bit of gears here. Um, <clears throat> kind of go into some different things. So you get a lot of, uh, I, I'm assuming you get a lot of requests for consultations, right? I mean, you have that available on your, on your website, you talk about it in your videos, so I just want to ask, what's one of the weirdest questions you've ever gotten from a consultation or even from YouTube or Facebook when, you know, in, in this whole crazy world of what you're doing? Oh, my goodness. Uh, probably I got asked one time if I would be willing to travel to I can't remember which small country in, in Europe it was to come and help them with their live stream equipment. And I was like, we could probably just hop on Zoom, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, 
I, and I don't even know you and you don't really know me. So, <laughs> but wow. I, so I, I've gotten a couple of things like that where it's like, I mean, that's the scary part of this. That another thing that I've realized is like people are actually listening and applying some of the things that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so I better like really know what I'm talking about at least a little bit or just tread with caution about the things I'm promoting or the products that I'm endorsing. Because uh, people just be like, yeah, I bought eight of those things, man. Thanks a bunch. These are awesome. And I'm thinking, okay, that's that's great. I, I hope that they work as well for you as they have for me. It went overboard on the purchase, though. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Like, well, I can tell you that we've applied. I mean, I've I've applied some of your knowledge into our church workings. Like, we're in the process. We upgraded Pro Presenter Seven um, a few months ago, and we are in the process of beginning to filter in and use timeline. And mm. I, I love the fact that you've got a few videos on how you applicably apply that and how you've done it, like how you're using MIDI. So, I mean, there's like all of these things. My favorite one that we did is we started using church signage um, and we're getting ready to implement how that works and how you're using Proclaim by Faith Life to do so, and, which that one, I mean, just complete mind blown at that point. Man. I was like, I didn't know they could do that. So, right. you know, it, it's. It's that it's it's I just wanted to ask what the, the weirdest question was is or, you know, request, because out of everybody we've talked to, there's always that one weird thing that somebody gets, you know, it, it's inevitable, man. It's inevitable. Uh, we talked to Stephen Ballas in, in one of our episodes from Ballas Media, and his was like they wanted him to send them a mixer <laughs> like some some church in the Philippines wanted them to like get a free mixer. Oh, from yeah. Them, so. You always see that. Yeah. It's like if you're trying to sell something, you know, well, you could we have a church that would be in need if you're just willing to just ship it over. <laughs> right. Here. I'm like, right. Okay. Yeah, every church is in need. <laughs> every right. church is in need of that. I totally understand it. Well, so Ryland, what is your favorite? Because I know I've not let me preface it with this. I have not seen or heard anything in your videos to where you are biased towards one category of production, um, mm. especially in the church space. I have not seen that or heard that. So I guess now I really, the listeners, viewers want to know, man, what is your favorite production category? Like whether that be lighting, streaming, video gaming, I, I, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say I lean more towards into the videography uh area because maybe that's just how I, I my expertise is more in that uh, mm -hmm. just from my videography business and stuff and so dialing in cameras and and trying out new lenses and different little contraptions that you might be able to add to them to do different things and so that's probably where I lean um, I really have gotten I've dove into the whole lighting thing whenever I got here at this church I didn't even know what like DMX was we had a crazy <laughs> old lighting board at my church before this, we literally had like little wall buttons that you would push on, oh, at the yeah, desk for like those. lighting. Thing. It was very old school. And so that was a really fun and like exciting thing for me to really dive into and, and explore as we we added two LED lights that pointed up at the ceiling. And these people came up to me like, that looks amazing. And I'm just laughing, thinking like, you right? have no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> and so here we are 13 years later and, and it's completely transformed. Um, but now I've actually been able to mentor and give away all of our lighting stuff to my tech director who's part-time here he's a 20 year old kid and he he's just killing it doing awesome and That's so awesome. I'm, I'm probably not as involved in that as much as i used to be but video is my probably my pastime and my fave 
Oh wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm audio and lighting to be to give you clarification. I'm audio and lighting. I know that you use uh is it a Vista system at your church, right? Um yeah. if yeah. So we we turned to Lightkey um and started using Lightkey a bit and I did that for our Easter service like I created all the profiles and it's the same thing. So our, our church has not had the kind of lighting sophistication other churches are into and we did something you know similar and it was the same it's, it's amazing that when you just add a little bit of salt to something, how much flavor comes out mm. after you've done it. Right. It's just, and I think that's where, you know, in scripture, he talks about being, you know, having that saltiness, you know, being salt and light. I think it's an applicable way for church media as well. So, and, and I love, listen, I have a lot of loves in my life with your videos. I'm just going to be honest with you. I told you, I told you in preset it, man, we're going to, I'm going to fanboy <laughs> a little bit here. But my favorite, one of my favorite lighting videos you've done is not the review of your LED lights or your your console stuff, it but it's it's taking your crosses in your sanctuary and modernizing them by putting some LED strip tape on them. That was, I think, one of the one of the smartest things. And in fact, we're actually again another thing we're applying. We're we're gonna take that same concept and do that to the one in our church as well because it just makes sense. So yeah, it, man, that's it was cool. awesome. Yeah, and those have been up now. We've taken them up and down for different things. They've been probably seven, eight years, and they're still holding strong. So if you can solder well, then they'll hold up. Um, and so that was all just a goal to really get the American flag and Christian flag off the stage. So I put crosses mm -hmm. up, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the conversations I would love to have been a fly on the wall for with your pastor, is just hearing him say, Rylan... <laughs> what's the purpose of this? And you're like, I just want to get the flags off the stage, dude. Like it's the whole point here. No. Can we just put up crosses everywhere? I say that tongue in cheek, but you know, I know there's a shred of I, truth in there. And there's always a shred of truth in it, man. I, I had the same conversations with my wife and pastor as well. So I understand completely, man. So let me ask you, Rylan, out of the 177 videos that you've made, which one was the most difficult for you to produce? Mm, the most difficult for me to produce. <sighs> Probably my patriotic worship vlog because I wrestled with, I even had to get approval from my pastor to even post that. Uh, here in Oklahoma, that's a, that's a hot button topic. Mm -hmm. um, whether we should be doing patriotic music in our churches. I, I, I actually, at my previous church, was poked in the chest and told that I don't get to have an opinion because I'm not a veteran. Uh, and I wasn't even the worship pastor there. I was just there as a witness to the meeting. <laughs> so, wow. Um, but here at our church, I've been, you know, people have told me that it's the church's job to educate our children about patriotism. And so uh, that was a tough one that it's like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm alone in my opinions on this. And mm -hmm. if you want to know my deep dive into that, just go watch that vlog. Should we sing patriotic songs in church? And I'm not I'm not a crazy person. Like, I'm not a horrible American. Um, I'll fly the American flag at my house. So we, we celebrate for the July. I, but if you ask what was maybe the toughest to produce, probably that one, uh, mm. just cause I was like a little hesitant on, and that's another part of just producing videos, even doing this podcast here, you know, putting your thoughts out there online for people to evaluate and criticize and be keyboard right. warriors about is a little intimidating. And so maybe you shrink back away from saying certain things that may be of value and be of like good things for our church community to be talking about. Mm -hmm. But people are just, they don't want to be the face of that. Sure. And I don't necessarily yeah. want to be the face of that. Um, Cause mm -hmm. there's not every 
thing is a, is a hill worth dying on, you know? True. Very true. And you don't want to be just a clickbaity person. So, um, but yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Okay. Well, that's, it's a, it's a, I personally, I enjoyed the video. I enjoyed the, the opinion. Uh, every time I've watched, I think I've watched it two or three times, but the thing that I got most out of it was let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's, that's mm. what I kept coming back to was let your yes be yes and your no's be no's. So, you know, that, that really brought me into focus, but I, and I loved it. I thought it was good. It's a great video, but if that was the hardest one to produce, then I can understand why. Um, and if right. you haven't seen that video yet, anybody watching or listening here today, if you haven't seen that video yet, I encourage you to jump on over to the link that we have uh, in the description and go watch that uh, over on Ryland's channel. You'll, you'll, you'll thoroughly enjoy it. So, so Ryland, um, I, I know that you have like this amazing setup in your office right now. And I would mm -hmm. love, you want to see I'd it? Love, I'd love to see it, please. Yeah. I'll go to my wide shot here and you can kind of see. Yes. So here I have this beautiful grand piano that I've dismantled <laughs> much to the dismay, the dismay of my mother, who is a classically trained pianist, oh, but the my. harp is still in there. So, but yeah, we converted this into a, a nice little desk setup that it really just holds my camera lenses and things like that now, uh, and other auxiliary gear and, that was a fun project for sure. Just throw the LED tape in there and um, and then repurpose some of it into my desk that's here, you know, and uh, you got to have the guitars on the wall and I got my, my pedals and stuff that I don't use. It's just, it's just a studio office. But when you're the music guy, it's, you got to have a little bit of a space where you can be, feel a little inspiration. I don't have any right. windows in here or anything. Right. So. so what are you running? Like, I mean, first and foremost, the grand piano, that's my favorite part of your entire back setup. I love that. But what are you running like right now for like your audio recording, your video? Like what, what kind sure. of equipment are you running with? What are you yeah, doing? I can there? break down this little setup here. So video land is the A10 mini extreme HDMI. It's not the ISO version, but A10 mini extreme and then audio over here is a Zoom LiveTrack L8. The reason mm -hmm. I like this one is because it can do four submixes out of it that I can control what's going back and forth. So yes. that way I can send you a clean feed. I can hear the audio from computer, you talking, and my voice talking, but the ATEM is only getting that. Like if I was to turn my microphone on, say something, Gary. Check, check one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two check. check. Yeah, and I can and hear, myself. hear myself. Exactly, right. And yeah. so now I can disable that. And so that's why I have that. It's it's not the fanciest thing. It's a pretty cheap little mixer, but it works well. Uh, Audio-wise, this is the Audio-Technica AT2020, I think. It's just a cheap great little dynamic. Great it's a great mic. Great yeah, mic. yeah. As long as you get a pop screen on it, you're pretty good to go. And everything else is just being ran through my MacBook Pro here. So... Um, camera wise, this is a GH five with Sigma 18 to 35 on it. And this one is the Canon RP with an 85 mil old school 1.8 on it. So they don't All really right. match necessarily perfectly, but they're close enough. And then yeah, lighting in here, I've got a bunch of soft boxes and stuff that's just hanging from my drop ceiling grid, you know? <laughs> yeah. I bet the fire marshal really likes that idea, doesn't they? Shh. <laughs> I told you, man. So the cool thing, the funny thing is like my, you met my producer, Josh, and my other producer, you, you've talked with, with Wade in the past, I believe. Um, and so they have a video production company that they do on the side and they are literally using almost identical one for one, everything that you're using right now. Oh, wow. And, That's cool. Yeah. 
everything that um i actually i remember when we were trying to find them a new audio console and we were searching for a good semi-digital console that that zoom live console came into play they love it they do a great George. so he he was like he's texting me over here he goes hey let him know i use the exact same stuff so that's funny for the money you can't beat it no 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 you can't well i mean and that's the thing about technology nowadays like things are becoming less expensive outside of the shipping you know and supply chain issues that we've all experienced but and inflation but with technology like it's it's coming up to where it's now starting to meet the abilities that we want and it's getting cheaper and cheaper to do so. And I think that's, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who's like always buy the most expensive thing just because it is the most expensive thing. I'm it's whatever works at this point. Um, Yeah. And I think there's, there's the law of diminishing returns in technology, especially in the church world. Sure. We could go out and, and for our, our front lighting for our key lights, we could go out and buy, all brand new source Ford LED uh, stuff to light our stuff. And it, it may look amazing, but for maybe half the cost, we could go out and buy some Chave stuff or mm-hmm. Elation or even maybe even cheaper stuff that we've got that I've got videos on my channel about. And, you know, because you can get maybe 90% of the way there, but then that next 10% up is going to cost you an astronomically more amount of money to get to there. And I don't, the thing about it is like, maybe I would be able to tell the difference, but the common person is not going to be able to tell the difference in most of those scenarios, whether that's audio, video, lighting, whatever. Do you find that to be a a struggle for you as a content producer and a media pass, you know, a worship and arts media pastor? Like, do you find that to be a struggle for you? Because there are some people who are just absolute perfectionists and everything and they have to have that and then there's those those 90 percenters and then there's those 50 percenters like is it you find that to be a struggle at all for you to like know that there's a difference and yet you haven't achieved it well i mean you there's always that thing with it you're kind of shooting for but craig rochelle talks about getmo g-e-t-m-o mm-hmm. which is just good enough to move on there comes a point where it's like you know what it's this this is good enough to move on we got to keep pressing forward and just let's keep going and not just get stuck on this one thing where we're just thinking maybe this isn't quite perfect enough. Maybe. Right. So yeah, I think everybody probably struggles with that a little bit, but, um, I, I try to keep that in mind. Get Mo. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I like to think of in the same regard, like I want to be about 90% on anything and everything. And I want that other 10% to be on how I do it. You know, like if I can find equipment that's cheaper, and I know I can get almost a similar result. That 10% is not going to make a break the difference for me, except for how I use it. So if I'm not Absolutely. using it to its full potential, then I, I feel like I'm having a bigger diminish on return than I would have, if I would have bought the full scope thing. So you Absolutely, know, man. Let, let's talk about just live streaming in general, because I yeah. do tons and tons of live stream reviews for churches. I've reviewed thousands of the but content is king, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I was sitting here on my cell phone just talking to you, but I had an amazing pieces of content, it really wouldn't care, or people wouldn't care as much. Same thing goes with live streaming. I think so many churches get super hyper-focused because they're the tech guy, and they're not maybe the worship pastor, of trying to make this amazing looking or sounding thing, but the actual content may not be developed to where it's really even broadcast yes. ready yet. Yep. And so, you know, there's some work that needs to be done probably on both sides, but 
great content is is going to help you way before you know making it absolutely look, you know like polishing a turd like people say you can't, like, <laughs> well you it makes sense do so much well yeah you can only do so much well and i agree with you on that on that respect yeah your content is really going to be the king of that it's the it's really the fomo thing that people mm. have in, in the world, you know, especially with like churches that are a little smaller and don't necessarily have a full or even part-time person. They have a volunteer person who is just doing this out of the, you know, the loving service heart that they have. And mm -hmm. then they see these bigger churches, you know, out there on Facebook or Instagram or wherever that are doing this content. That's just amazing and, and, mm -hmm. and produced really well. And they want to mimic and they want it. There's that there's that whole aspect of wanting to be like something, right? Like trying to copy or reproduce something that someone else is doing, thinking that that's going to be the win. Where it's really more about what is the message, what is the purpose that you're driving for, and how are you going to get there, right? And so being creative in your own right. And I think that's the thing that separates you, um, your channel, from a lot of the other stuff I've seen is that there's a whole aspect about being a, a a media minister, like actually being a minister and having those struggles. And that's why I like your, your Sunday vlog, which it really does capture a lot of those struggles and a lot of those issues that, you know, you're, you're playing in your head constantly, you know, about facing. So I, I want to focus a little bit on that as media becomes less a luxury and more of a utility in the church, right? As it becomes something that we're becoming more and more acquainted with and more and more comfortable with, you know, what are some challenges that you see that are, becoming more prominent for those serving in a media space for their church. Mm. Problems for people serving in media ministry. Uh, I think that a lot of people acquire gear and then have lack of training is probably the main thing that we're encountering now, especially post COVID. Maybe uh, your church finally did allocate some funds for you to invest into your media ministry to get it off the ground. Yeah. And maybe you purchased a bunch of stuff, some cameras, some good gear, but you, you don't have the time or the expertise really to take full advantage of that. And like you said, I mean, most people are volunteers. I have one, one guy, my, my 20 year old tech director who grew up in this church that, that is part time that helps me. Everybody else is volunteer on our very large team on Sunday mornings. And so uh, hopefully your leadership at your church is either equipping you and training you through different, you know, web things that are out there, or mm -hmm. you're just self-motivated and can do YouTube university. Um, or maybe <laughs> you've got somebody like in, in my position, I'm trying to, since I'm on staff, have that expertise and then make easy wins for my team. They are right. not having to be experts to be able to execute you know, the vision of what we're trying to go for on Sunday mornings. But right. I would say that's probably the biggest hurdle still is just knowledge. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I totally would agree with that. Um, I'm not, I'm not immune to that. My church isn't immune to that. I don't think any church is really going to be immune to that unless you're running like 20,000 people and, you know, five services on a Sunday morning and you've got this media team of like 60 or 70, you know, I, I don't think any church is really going to be immune to that. But I say education is probably the, the most difficult. And we, we actually see that here at Boxcast. Like we've done a lot of user research and that user research has always come back to, you know, audio being a big issue, but, but retention of volunteers and having volunteer training and actually teaching them what they need to know about whatever they're using. So, I mean, that's a, that's an excellent point. So do you think outside of using, you know, YouTube university, you know, go wildcats, um, 
if, if you if you were to think about that whole scope, how how else do you think you would overcome some of these issues outside of you being the knowledge base and you know filtering that down? Is there is there anything that you would give as advice to churches on how to easily overcome some of these difficulties that they're facing? Maybe it's a conversation they need to have, or maybe it's you know some advice they're trying to receive from a mentor or something in that nature. Yeah, I think there's a couple ways you can attack that with your teams if you feel like there's a, a knowledge gap there. Uh, we've done it multiple different ways, but I think you can always maybe lean into bringing in an expert to do some on-site training just as an initial thing to maybe get your systems to where they need to be. Maybe you're not even utilizing things in the right way and they can kind of help you get to that back to that baseline of where they need to be, whether that's your audio console mm -hmm. setup, your live streaming setup, maybe just getting cameras, you know, white balanced and set on the right settings uh, in your space and giving some maybe basic trainings. I think that's a good option if you have somebody locally. It's usually not too expensive and it's a good investment. You build relationships with people that are experts in their field in your area. And then the other option, obviously, is there's so many web things out there and different uh, schools. And I mean, you've got Churchfront that's putting out tons and tons of content. Mm -hmm, um, Alex yeah. Trabala, or, no, not Alex Trabala. He's the guitarist. Alex, um, oh crap, what's Alex's name? Uh, anyways, worship, worship, uh, it's not worship leader. He had to change it. Worship yeah. something. Uh, he's got a whole school. Um, you got people uh, here in town, um, Cade Young over at Collaborate Worship. If you have an X32, he's got a full you know thing that you can you can purchase. Church Sound Made Simple, and you can walk through that at your own pace. And he's so a there's, yeah, yeah, he he knows that thing in and out for sure. Yeah, and so there's some ways that you can go about it. But I think what I would say is, if you've got that student, that kid, that young adult, that you see them investing their free time in trying to better themselves in these areas, then you need to invest in them because that's a valuable thing that like most churches, oh, yeah. they may not have that. And that, that kid, like God's doing something in their heart to want to serve the church in this way. Right. And so like try to reinvest in them, whether that's like buy a subscription to a thing and, and just give them the login, you know, maybe right. they're that up and coming guitarists, like subscribe to worship online or worship artistry or something. So that those are a couple tips I would give. Those are excellent, man. Yeah, that's excellent. So I, I want to go a little bit deeper with you in some other aspects of this. Um, this is a big question that I've had being asked um, by our leadership at our church and some other people I've talked to. Um, do you see live streaming becoming or being a contributing factor to some places having in-house of worship, you know, kind of declining. Do you see that a contributing factor to that right now? I think that from all the research things that I've read and the blogs from the guys who know a lot more about it than me, I would say that that, that correlation does not equal causation is very true in this instance. Um, just because you may have heard that there's a few people that um, are watching your stream online and, and they may never step into your building doesn't mean that you should shut down your stream. And uh, that, mm. that really, it makes me sad to hear churches say that. Now, every church is unique and has their own vision for how they're accomplishing their mission. We don't all have to be doing the same exact thing. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that it's, it's a big miss if you shut down your live streaming stuff for a few reasons. I mean, your live stream, we've heard it time and time again. It is the front porch of your church. It's the front door. P 
people's first impressions of your church, the very first thing they're doing after they come onto your website is they're going to watch a service. And maybe even before they even get to your website, maybe hopefully the people that are a part of your church are sharing your stream or sharing clips from your stream that you're posting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is a first impression. And uh, we actually had the reverse problem where our stream was almost better than our in-person building (laughs) experience, not in the room, but like people would walk through the front doors and maybe that didn't match kind of what we were putting online. That's, I've got a vlog about that, about catfishing people. You do. Yes, uh, you do. (laughs) But I, I think that that is super important. And then the other part of it is really being able to capitalize on social media by utilizing repurposing content from your live stream. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's so much easier to get my teams to come and produce the services for our live stream and record that, and then be able to take clips out of that or create reels from our pastor sermons much easier than having to recreate those different things throughout the week. And so it's, it's creating content for you. It's a content generation tool. Absolutely. It is. So I think those are really important. Um, and then also, you know, there is the side benefit of just being able to connect with people all around the world. Your, your span of reach through that live stream can be so much greater. And I think that the live stream part of it is important because it builds that authenticity. Yeah, I feel like if you just post a polished, uh, produced worship song, it's not quite the same as being Doesn't able to, yep. you know, worship alongside. So. I still think there's the benefits greatly outweigh. I know that's a question people are asking uh, here in the church world today as we're kind of reevaluating, like, sh- where does that live stream kind of fit in our priorities? And I think the problem is that maybe we just never really had a vision for what the goal is of, like, how, how do we know if we've won? Is it is it the number of viewers? Is it the number of engagements? What is the yeah. goal of this? And then work backwards from there people just started live streaming during COVID. They didn't really, the vision was, we just don't want people to leave our church and we want them to come back in the yeah. building. Well, yeah, if you're, stop gap. the goal of the live stream maybe should not only be to connect with your local community and to get them eventually through your front door. I think that's, that's definitely part of it. But I think that maybe our visions for it needs to be a little bigger, a little grander mm-hmm. than that with the reach that we can have online. So. I don't oh, yeah. have all the answers. And I asked myself the same question too. Um, and I think that maybe a year from now we'll be talking about it in a different way. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. No, you make, you make excellent points on that, Ryland. Like, I mean, we had the same, like we were, we were streaming back in 2010 before it was even streaming. It was just like figuring all this out. And we had some of the same questions and we saw it more as an extra tool in our tool belt to spread the gospel and to do it better than what we were doing just in house. Um, you know, using that as, filtering tools for like creating side content you know and everything else that we would need for extra pieces to reach so yeah we when the the pandemic stuff all hit we all had the same questions and we were very um grateful that you know we had the the tools in our tool belt to be able to continue that i think we were you know not struggling with why we should have continued to do it but when the pandemic hit it was like now this is more of a utility than a luxury in tow so we got to do something you know better with it and that's just only gotten sweeter over time so i completely agree with you on that yeah and i think a lot of that for pastors i i wonder how much of that comes down to a fear thing uh and an ego 
an ego part of it of like, I want people in the room. I, I, I love that. We all love that feeling of a full room, right? And, oh, yes. But then when I hear that, you know, Transformation Church didn't have services in their building for a year and a half or something, and they had like 21,000 salvations, which Huge. I know that's, that's, that's crazy, and it's on the totally other end of the spectrum, right? But then if your first reaction to that as a leader of a church is to say, yeah, but how are you discipling them? You might, you might, I don't even believe that. How do they even know that there's 21,000 people that got right. saved? Bro, you baptized 10 people in your church last year. Maybe we do need to be doing some things differently. Maybe we need to think outside the box. Yeah, absolutely. Box absolutely. was a little pun there for you. I saw like that. Inside I, the box. Inside <laughs> the box. Outside the box. You know, it's funny you say that. We used to have a, a channel through the box. We we used to have a channel called Outside of the Box. Uh, so that's kind of funny that you said that. Um, but uh, hey, I've questioned myself on that many a times, whether we should bring that back as the podcast title or not. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe Ryland should be our media creative consultant on that. That'd be a good idea. So, well, hey, I got I one more deep. <laughs> I'll book it on your calendar. A uh, <laughs> little consultation link at the end. So just I have one more like really deep question for you. Um, and, and, and this is just, you know, pure opinion and what you think, but within the scope of what you do as a pastor, can you just kind of tell us how you handle the various expectations that come with worship and media ministry from, from like your senior pastor, your congregation, your, your volunteers, like what are some of the ways that you're handling the expectations and what tools do you have implemented in order to make that happen? Hmm. Well, I think that there's maybe not a magic recipe. Everybody handles things differently, maybe with what you struggle with. One great thing I will say is that the team that I work on is probably the healthiest team environment I've ever been a part of, and that comes from the top down. Our pastor is a great leader. Um, we just talked through again this last week about our core values as a staff, and it's just so encouraging to work alongside people that have these these core values that keep us centered and aligned and all rowing in the same direction. Um, and, but the other part of that for me is just my personal walk with Christ. Uh, I've really reprioritized after my sabbatical that I came back from of really plugging in, having a small group of guys. We call it a discipleship group, a D group that I meet with every mm. week, uh, a safe space for me as a pastor. Uh, these are guys that I've known for many years where they can keep me accountable because I think what happens you, I can I can do all of these things probably on my own power, but eventually you're going to fizzle out, or your your character or your charisma is going to outpace your character. And I don't oh, yeah. want to be that guy. I don't want I don't want to fail my family and my church by my integrity, you know, coming coming into question. And so I think you've got to have that as your first priority is your walk with Christ. And I am not perfect, but these guys help me. Uh, stay uh, on the right track with that. And because as a pastor, as somebody who works in a church, it's really easy to replace your relationship part of following Jesus with your preparation part of serving Jesus. And it's really dangerous, I think, when that becomes the normal. It's too easy for my preparation for Sunday mornings to replace my actual relationship time uh, with you know serving God. And, and it's all kind of mixes together a little bit. But that's been the only recipe that I found. Um, and then the other part that I'm really trying to work on, this is my goal this year, is I'm the guy who 
I, I, I tend to just do things myself and think that, you know, either I'm not going to be a burden to other people that way, or I just kind of like doing it because I like being in control. But one <laughs> of our core values is that we want to develop owners instead of renters at our church. Oh, yeah. And I don't right now, I've got a lot of really awesome minions that help run my ministry because I, I am in charge. And so I'm helping lead and guide things. But I want to give more ownership over different areas to people, kind of like I have with mm -hmm. my tech director, how he's doing all the lights now. Man, used to, Gary, I was doing every light cue, every graphic, every video, anything that happened on a Sunday morning, it was only happening because I did it. And that's not a healthy way to do your ministry either. We're called to equip the body. And so I'm not great at that. Mm -hmm. But uh, luckily, my pastor reminds me that that is my job is to mm -hmm. um, lead leaders. And uh, I heard someone say the other day, I forget which company it was, but maybe it was Think Media. Ah, oh, crap, I don't remember. He said, uh, if you work yourself out of a job, I'll hire you for another job. Yes. Because, yep. you know, we're so scared that if we're not the person doing it, then our church will be like, but what do we pay you for? So Right. <laughs> My pastor always told me to work myself out of a job. That's what he always told me a long time ago when I first started ministry. He's like, if you're not doing, you're not doing it right if you don't work yourself out of the job. And I realized that that was a really tough mentality to focus on uh, mm. for this, for the simple fact that when you're in a small church atmosphere, you are the only one working, you know, and doing all that work. And so learning to build up leaders and develop, you know, people behind you and beside you to, to encapsulate the work that needs to be done is, is the most important. You know, I, not to bring back any of my nerdisms. I, I'm not sure you know anything about that Ryland, but I'm a huge star Wars nerd. And, and, uh, I watched the season finale of, of the Mandalorian and there's one line in there that I, I started to cry on my friend and it was, you know, Mandalorians are weak and Bo-Katan looks at him and says, Mandalorians are stronger together. And I'm just like, Ooh. yeah, that's the whole point. That's the body of Christ. I mean, that's just yeah. really what it, it, that's, that's how I feel. So that'll man, preach. Been, that'll preach. And it will preach. And I'm trying, I'm really am, but you know, but dude, it's been an honor having you. Um, I, I know you're, you got to go. I know we got things to do, but I really am grateful. So real quick, you know, at this camera, at that camera, every camera that we've got pointed at you, I think is there only two. Tell me where we can find you. How can we get in contact with you? How can somebody who's looking for more information or to book a schedule with you, or even just to find out how to do led tape on a, on a cross in their church, where, where can we find you? <laughs> Yeah, man. You can always just go to rylandrussell.com, R-Y-L-A-N-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. I've got all the links and stuff on there, but YouTube is my main jam. That's where you can find most of my most timely content is youtube.com slash rylandrussell. I'm on the gram. I gave up on Be Real. Facebook, I guess I'm there just for the memories. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. That's where everybody's at. Facebook for the memories. That's that's the new tagline. Meta's new tagline. Facebook for the memories. So awesome. Rylan, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on with us. Hey, listen, friends, if you haven't subscribed, liked or comment, please do so. We would love to hear your comments. We'd love to see your faces. We would love for you to go visit Rylan's channel. And most importantly, we wish that you have a happy streaming adventures. This is Gary for the BoxCast podcast. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.